Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to College Football Weekly once again. Today is November 16th. It's week 12. Uh, it's Monday. We're back in the studio again. Uh, I'm your host, Will Chambers. Always with me, Tyler Walgie. What's cracking, Will? He's here. Uh, Producer Smitty, not here. Um, if hmm. you all remember, if you stuck with us throughout the season, uh, earlier in the year, Producer Smitty contracted coronavirus and died and came back from <laughs> the grave. Now, uh, the reason why he's not here, he was arrested. Producer Smitty, uh, oh what are you doing here? Well, what we found out, we uh, unbeknownst to us, uh-huh. uh, he was a domestic terrorist, <laughs> and turns out he was living a double life, uh, and he was a domestic terrorist. And the Department of Homeland Security came and arrested him, and he's at Guantanamo Bay now. I always knew that beard was hiding something. Yeah, he's, it's a shifty beard. He's a sneaky fellow. No, we're <laughs> we're kidding, of course. Smitty's not here, uh, but he will be back. Um, it's going to change up our show. We were going to do a uh, Smitty's Outdated Movie Review. We're going to push that back. Uh, I'm not to, sure how he was doing with his progress because he texted us today. Now, do you want to let everyone know what's really going on or is that a mystery? Oh, Are it doesn't we, matter. Uh, yeah, you can let yeah, him know. He, he wasn't they, feeling well. He that's just all. had some sniffles. We're, yeah. we're, we're, just, uh, t- we're just being safe here. But uh, he texted us both today and said that he got halfway through Jackie, Jackie Brown. Brown last night. My question was, because he omitted some key information in that text message. How much of MacGruber did he yes. or did he not yes. watch? I, my, my guess, if I had to make some odds for it, hmm. I'm going minus 350. He didn't watch MacGruber. I don't know. I think, I think, think he, he put MacGruber first. I think he put MacGruber on a pedestal, and he was like, I got to watch <laughs> this. And then... And then MacGruber's he was like, I'll get so, around to Jackie Brown. MacGruber's at some point. so good, though. Yeah, it, no, it is, I know. I was really is, looking forward to it. It is really underrated. Like, I don't know how many people have seen MacGruber. Very funny and, movie. Oh, it is, but uh, it's silly. Yeah. And yeah. we'll we'll get to it whenever he comes back next week or the week after. Uh, I'm telling you, though, you were onto something. That beard is shit. He's got a shifty beard. Not not that he, it necessarily shifts its shape. It, there's not the shape shifter. No. But uh, I, I think that it's it's maybe he's uh, maybe he's hiding something in that beard. I, I mean, they're waterboarding him right now. So whatever he's hiding, we're going to find out for sure. Um, he would look weird without his beard these days, don't you think? I haven't seen Smitty without a beard since high school. It's been so, <laughs> and it's been so long. It would be just like as weird as seeing me with a beard. <laughs> right. Because I haven't ever had a beard. So uh, um, Beardy. But we do we do have a good show. We're still going to... Uh, I'm, we're going to do a little impromptu uh, movie review that I'm going to give. We're going to do some trivia instead. Um, we've got, uh, we're doing a middle-ish season awards. I don't know how you classify where the middle of this college football it's season weird. is. It is weird. It's like in math, the difference between the mode and the median and the mean. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember <laughs> what the mode is. I remember the median and the mean. The mode is the number that occurs most often. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> that math. Dumb. Uh, but yeah, so we got, it, it is kind of the middle-ish of the season. So we're going to do some middle-ish season awards. Um, we got best bets for week 12, of course. And, uh, Tyler will, I mean, where should we start from last weekend? Should we start with the buffs? Uh, should let's we start, start with let's your start, University of Colorado Buffalo. Let's start with CU. I'm liking that. Yeah. I mean, they look awesome, right? They, they went in as seven point dogs on the road to Stanford and, and, uh, what was the final score? They, it, they whooped their ass. 35, 32. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it yeah, got close Stanford to the end. Had, yeah. And that, that's, that's right. That's okay. two weeks in a row that CU has uh, let their opponents get back in the game late, which, you know, I know we talk a lot of sports betting on this show, actually offers a little bit of value because when teams who are clearly better fail to get margin, that only helps them the next couple of weeks. What would hurt CU or any team in this instance is if they won by 14 and then won by 20 points. Then the market and everyone else is overreacting potentially going, oh, this team's really good. Now, a lot of the odds makers who probably don't pay that much attention to Colorado football. Like the idea that people making these lines comb through every box score of every game, that doesn't happen. There's too many college football games going on. So the idea right now is, well, Colorado, a below average team to start the season, two close wins. They could be 0-2 just as much as they could be 2-0. and mm. So there's value on CU. Overrated, forward. he says, officially. Well, or underrated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, you had a good, a good weekend because not only did your buffs win, but you got the bet board victory bet as board. well. Hey-o, bet you board. are a champion. Absolutely. Uh, three straight for you. You're now in the lead 6-4 to four, um, after I had gone three straight. You and I are just we're very streaky. We're going back and forth. You went four straight. 
Yeah, because I won the first three. I went four straight. With Will Rattles four off in a row. And then you've now gone three in a row. Yeah, We're like two horses jockeying for position at the the final stretch. Don't say it. Don't say Herman and Berman. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you got the bet board victory. And you were right, man. Like about uh, Nebraska started Luke McCaffrey over Taylor Martinez. Huge difference. Made a huge difference. Uh, Penn State is a shit show and uh that's the only thing if you're a michigan fan that can make you happy right now is yeah, that but james franklin owned for frames janklin frames janklin james franklin he has won 11 games in three of the last four years he's got a much longer leash than say a jim harbaugh who's really never met the expectation that was set for him you know so those two programs even though both failing this year you know michigan fair or not michigan has these very high expectations and, and honestly when James Franklin took Penn State over, the expectations were nowhere near as high. And he's taken them, again, 11 wins, three out of the last four years. He's got a lot of real estate to work with, as opposed to Jim Harbaugh, who, as I said, I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, but really, maybe his second year in Michigan, but besides that, has he ever lived up to the expectations that fans and non, that non-fans that uh, non alike have for Michigan? No, definitely not. However, I would be interested to know if you could compare Harbaugh's record at Michigan and James Franklin's record, I would bet you they'd be very similar. And Harbaugh's got uh, the head-to-head advantage um, okay. against Penn State. But you're right. Look, you know he's doing. Uh, it's it is a different situation. There isn't as much public scrutiny on Penn State's expectations like there is Michigan. Uh, you know, rightfully so or not. But I have to imagine starting zero four. You know, I don't know. This is going to be a weird year because I think a lot of coaches that maybe would normally get fired in this situation are going to get kind of a COVID pass, you know, like, oh, this is a weird season. We had opt-outs, blah, blah, blah. We can maybe do some math here. You want to get your uh, calculator out? Uh, Yes. We can do it on my my phone if you want to. 56 and 23. 56 and 23. That's since 2014, by the way. Okay. When did Jim Harbaugh get hired? Uh, He was there. His first year was 2015. 2015. All right. So Harbaugh, uh, wow. Actually, Harbaugh's got some good... Good records here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, 10, 20, so 30, 39 plus 8. That's 47. 47, and then 8. I can probably do this in my head. Uh, we got uh, 6, 10, 18. So 47 and 18. So now that that was entertaining for everyone, the total <laughs> records for uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, 47 and 18. James Franklin at Penn State, 56 and 23 with one extra year right he's but he was a year he was there a year before harbaugh am i yep. correct yes so when percentage tyler 70 70 percent for james franklin yep frames janklin and then 72 percent for jim harbaugh okay so thank you however look there there is a difference uh james franklin got one big 10 championship game but that was the year where it was a three-way tiebreaker between Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. But the conversation... And that particular year, I'll remind you, Michigan beat Penn State 49-10, to 10, basically put a 50-burger on them. Very good point. But the conversation here, and this little... I'm not sure what the end point of this is going to be, but it's expectation, right? Yeah. James Franklin went in and took over a program that hadn't won double digits in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a... Pro- we all think of Penn State, and I don't know if it's the allure or the history of college football or what it is, but there's certain programs like like Michigan, like Penn State, but Penn State hadn't been good in a long, long time. I mean, there were decades that went by where they were good. great. Exactly, and they had some years where they were good, but it it wasn't a consistent thing. James Franklin has kind of turned that around, and they expect to make a bull, and not just a bull, a good bull under him. So this is the first year they've dealt with that with James Franklin. Jim Harbaugh, and it's weird because when you put it that way, my initial reaction is, wow, Jim Harbaugh is really underachieved. That... The the record says otherwise. I mean, his worst year was the first year when he took over a bad Brady Hoke team, and they they or, or they. I mean, it actually wasn't their worst year. He went eight and five in twenty seventeen, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, hasn't beaten Ohio State. Franklin did that once on kind of a freaky play. But One in four in bowl games. Yep. Uh, yeah, bad bowl record, and you know, not not great showing up in big games for Harbaugh. Um, but so it's, it's funny. He gets, you, he, you, he's deserved all the criticism. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, and he very you know very well might be fired. Obviously. We might as well talk about it. Uh, you know, Penn State being on four, Michigan's now one three. They get blown out by Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, that game wasn't close at all. Um, and I, I think I might have texted you this. I know I texted some family. Um, if Michigan's going to lose and suck, I'm going to at least profit from it. <laughs> so I placed one of my biggest bets of the year on Wisconsin right before kickoff. Oh, and boy. so if, if you know, as long as Michigan's going to get blown out and lose to everybody, then they're going to make me some money. 
in the process. It's it, it's it's so funny how we look at that differently. Like, I I am no more of a CU fan than you are a Michigan fan, and you are no no more or less of a Michigan fan than I'm a Colorado right. fan. They're both our teams, but it's funny our approach. Like, would you never bet on against Colorado like it's, that? It's the opposite. I always bet on them. Oh, okay. Like every week doesn't usually matter the spread now. I, I won't you always come on this show or give you know to the audience or the, to the public a pick that I really don't believe in. Yeah. But behind the scenes, I'm always at least making a little bet on CU or a big bet as it was last right. week. And I had um, plus seven, plus 10, and money line talking right. about the buffs. I mean, you That's know, big. B- but I always do that. I never have ever bet against them and I won't do it. I understand where you're coming from. It wasn't just, just like so... an, an emotional thing where I was like, oh, they suck. Like I really thought, uh, you know, for good reason, obviously now, but I really was like, I mean, we gave out Wisconsin as a pick on the podcast yeah, last yeah. week. Uh, and then the line moved all the way up to six and a half. And I still took it there because I just felt like, <laughs> you know, that's what I heard. Graham Mertz was going to play right before the game. And I thought, okay, this is bad. Uh, news came out that Michigan's best defensive end, Quiddy pay wasn't going to play either. Um, so, you know, it, it, it was a perfect storm and we were right. And Wisconsin, you know, Wisconsin kicked the shit out of Michigan at least and, we were uh, right for the listeners. Here's the weirdest thing about it, though, and not to spend this all, all time on Michigan, is that uh, what the the football program did is they made this game like a big recruiting event. They had they hosted oh, no. all of their like top uh, you know recruiting targets for this game, right? And then they get their asses kicked, and now all the insiders are actually saying it went really well for for the recruits. Like there's you know how on twenty four seven they give crystal balls to these guys. There's like a five star uh, in state cornerback that everyone thinks is going to Ohio State and all the crystal balls just shifted in Michigan's favor Why? after I don't maybe, know. Maybe they see him playing so bad and they're like, oh my God, I can get on the field. That might be it. I mean they saw how bad the secondary was. Maybe they think like, okay, they need me and I can, you know, if you add me to this team and they don't lose so bad. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I wish it would have gone like they must that have thrown more a sick party. when the NCAA football video game existed. Because <laughs> I would always put all my recruits on the same weekend. Yeah. And when you lose those games, it kills you. No, you put it on a weekend uh, on a cupcake game. That's no, what, that's what I you like, do. I like to get that. excited. I like to make it a big time game mm. get them there for uh you well know. what i always did was just paying money i just <laughs> snuck some money under the table via one of my uh, bag men the old hugh um, freeze move <laughs> but uh yeah michigan sucks and uh may or may not be betting against them this week we'll see coming up in best bets god um we, we, we can keep talking about michigan if you want no oh no we suck again we suck again <laughs> and it does we are the what is it the SCLSU mud dogs or whatever yeah. that's from Waterboy. <laughs> yes. um I wish we had the water boy on our team. Uh, oh, that's great. Uh, here's one that I was super wrong about. Florida, Arkansas. Good God, man. Uh, I thought this would be a letdown moment for Florida. Arkansas was 6-0 against the spread, and Florida goes out and puts 28 points up in just the second quarter. They score 63 on Arkansas, and I don't even think Arkansas played that bad. It's just Florida is looking better and better, and are we – is Florida, like, s- somehow flying under the radar? Because I feel like everyone is just assuming that – Alabama is going to win the SEC, and I'm not so with how ex, how awesome this offense looks. Are are we giving the Gators a chance right now to pull off the upset and get, get into the playoff? Well, I think that we've all gotten so used to accepting that it's going to be Alabama and then Clemson and Ohio State that everyone else so, sort of falls by the wayside. So right. you know, on a year like this for Florida. I think everyone's kind of fallen into the, not necessarily the trap of Florida's bad, but the trap of Alabama's got it in the bag no matter what happens. Right. And I think it's fair to start putting the Gators in that conversation because you're right. They look better and better every week. I can say whatever I want to about Dan Mullen, but the team keeps winning. Yeah. And I just have a hard time because I've seen this story play out over and over. It's like, I feel like I'm Bill Murray on Groundhog Day. I'm not going to pick Florida against Alabama right. unless the spread is 21 or over or something crazy like that. But I've just seen it so many times to where it's like, how can you not say Nick Saban and Alabama have this? But yep. you're right. Florida looks good this year. They're getting better and better. And if there is one team who's going to knock Alabama off this year, it's got to be the Gators. Dude, Kyle Trask, six touchdowns. And that's with Without Kyle Pitts, their star tight end who got knocked out in the previous game against Georgia. I mean, I six, it was, six passing touchdowns? Yeah, it was a huge game for him. I, ju- I thought it was... Uh, I, I had mixed emotions watching it because I wanted Felipe Frank to do really well. Yeah, and he playing against his former team. Exactly. Yeah. Transfer from Florida and all that, but it, it's tough. It's like walking onto a court with you know the Lakers or the... Who's bad? The, I was going to say the Suns, but the Suns are getting better. They just traded for Chris Paul. Yeah. Uh, the Utah, or no, the uh, the Charlotte 
yeah, Bobcats yeah, or Hornets. They're the Hornets again. Whatever the hell they are. Yeah, yeah they're the Hornets, bad. I think. They're very not bad. Not an NBA podcast, but yeah. Not you know, an NBA so podcast. It's easier to look good when you have a supporting cast. And yep. Florida looks very good right now. Um, and uh, again, Felipe Frank or... Uh, Franks. Franks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 his uh, that's Felipe. the store. I know that's the Felipe. hot dog stand, it's, and we got to add Felipe's the S to, Franks. to Felipe. Yeah, Felipe Felipe's Franks. Franks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, it was cool to see that kind of back and forth. And in the day of transferring, you know, the where everyone transfers these days, it was kind of yeah. I wanted him to get one back, but Florida gets the last laugh. I know, and I wanted him too, obviously, because we get I gave out Arkansas as one of my picks, yeah. um, and a bunch of the picks, by the way. So there were uh, a ton of cancellations last week. Um, some Did any of, ha- of our games hit? Any of our cancellation games? Uh, no. So okay. we, yeah. So we last week we started. We're gonna every week we're gonna pick a cancellation game. We're gonna bet on games we think uh, <laughs> got canceled. And there were a ton of games that were canceled. None of uh, none that you or Smitty and I gave out. But I mean, last week we lost the Alabama LSU game. We lost Ohio State, Maryland, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Georgia, Missouri, Coastal Carolina game got canceled. Auburn, Mississippi State, Navy, Memphis, Pitt, Georgia Tech, Air Force, Wyoming, Utah, UCLA, Cal, Arizona State. And then Cal and UCLA got the makeup game because it wasn't their team that had the outbreak. They got to play each other on Sunday morning. It was the weirdest thing ever watching college football on Sunday morning. Um, But this is bad. Uh, We're running into a lot of cancellations already for this weekend's games coming up here for week 12. Texas A&M Ole Miss off the board. Colorado versus Arizona State off the board. Georgia Tech Miami. Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Tech. Um this is getting into where I'm worried now about the playoff and bowls being in danger. Um, yeah, I am too. It's yeah. not a good look for college football or these teams. It's and look, bad. it's happening in the country right now. Obviously, we're in Denver, Colorado. It has been completely spiking here the last month yep. or so, just yep. going up and up. But I got to say, coming from a fan of the University of Colorado, who's had no outbreaks, done everything the right way, and their game gets canceled this weekend because Knock of Arizona wood. State. Yeah. You know, that, that pisses me off because it's like, wait, we're doing everything right, and then it's not a forfeit, it's a no contest. Right, because they can't replay it. Yeah, see, you should get that fucking win. It, it's, it's, it's complete bullshit. It, it pisses me off. And you know what it reminds me of? It's like if one student in the class doesn't have a good grade, so now the whole class can't go on the field trip. Like mm. that Arizona State is that one group student. punishment. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a group punishment because one school can't get, get their act That's together. how you make people responsible. That's how they do it oh, in the army. One me. guy <laughs> drops his rifle, the whole fuck it, the whole regiment's got to run. It drives me so crazy and I hope that Colorado, not to, to bring this back to CU, but I hope Colorado finds an opponent and I hope every school who's doing things the right way finds some kind of a fill-in game because it's not fair. Yeah. In a year where Amount of wins is going to mean everything. Everyone's playing a different schedule. For so sure. if Colorado goes undefeated, but they only have like five games because of this, it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah, because if they go undefeated, and look, right now they have a legit shot in the Pac-12 South. Yes. It's, it's going to be yes. them, Utah, and USC, uh, we think. We don't know. We haven't seen Utah play yet. but Should be, though. If if Do you know if CU gets USC? They, they play we, USC? Yep, next week. Is it at home? Uh, I think it's on the road. Okay. Check. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. Um, you know, Colorado, they're looking good. You're right. And it, an undefeated, you know, six-win, five-win Pac-12 team still might not make the playoff because they only have five games. It's so and crazy. And that, that falls on Larry Scott and the Pac-12 uh, commit, you know, the Pac-12 uh, conference. Yeah, exactly. Same it, thing with the Big Ten. And it is the Pac-12 right now holding up the scheduling of new games because yep. what's going on is right when the, the cancellation happened, Colorado started looking for a new opponent. And again, keep this in mind, folks, whether it's Colorado, who's my team, or it's your team or any other team in college football, the same applies, right? right? Once a game's canceled, you're going to look for a new opponent, try and get out there, try and play a new game, and it's Larry Scott in the Pac-12 saying, wait, wait, the rule says no right. non-Pac-12 opponent. It's right. like, you got to give the, a little the bit. The Big Ten did the same thing when Ohio State's got uh, when Ohio State's Crazy. game got canceled. Everyone on Twitter was like, Alabama's game got canceled. Why don't we have Ohio <laughs> State versus Alabama? <laughs> How great would that have been? Yeah, except neither of those teams want to do that now. They'd rather just wait till the playoff, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I agree. You should let, you know, there should be more options. And now, once again, SEC, Big 12, ACC come out looking like winners because... They started their seasons early, which gave or, or on time basically as earlier than the Big Ten and the Pac-12. It gives them wiggle room. We saw the SEC; they adjusted their schedule, and now what they said is, if you're, if for instance, uh, the Georgia Missouri game uh, got canceled for this weekend, if neither, uh, well, obviously not Missouri, but if Georgia can't make the SEC championship game that week, 
where normally it would just be the championship game, they will the SEC will allow teams to play each other that haven't wow. played yet or got their games canceled. You know, just to get another game on the schedule. Right. Um, you know, more stuff on TV, and I think that's smart. And the Pac-12 just just can't do that because they want uh, they want to try to get someone in the playoff schedule, or they're just refusing to. Either way. You know, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten look like idiots right now. The Pac-12 looks so bad. I'm yeah. embarrassed that Colorado's part of the Pac-12. I want back in the Big 12. Isn't it stupid that, that Larry Scott, who's, the, by the way, he's the Pac-12 uh, commissioner, he makes more than all the other commissioners? He, in fact, he makes twice as much as, as Greg Sankey in the SEC? So Isn't absurd. that ridiculous? It's crazy. And he, he justifies it by saying that he's, not only is he the commissioner of the Pac-12, but he's also the, like, the CEO of the Pac-12 network, and he's oh, like, oh, I have oh, two jobs. Yeah. <laughs> I absorbed two jobs, so I deserve twice the yeah. pay. It's so funny because yeah, the, the Pac-12, Pac-12 takes home the least of the money out of all of them, too. Yeah, the Pac-12 network, it's not like that's thriving. I mean, come <laughs> right, on, they can't, a break. Yeah. That's so crazy. Seriously. Larry Scott, never trust a man with two first names. Oh, facts, dude. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, we had some other good games. Uh, let's see here. It was the uh, Ole Miss-South Carolina game, and this is important because – just yesterday, South Carolina fired Will Muschamp as head coach. He had been there for, I think, five or six years now. Uh, really rough start for them. They started off, uh, I think, 2-1, and one, and now they're 2-5. and five. Oh, wow. Um, you know, they got blown out. Ole Miss put up 59 on them. And it's interesting because some of the names they're tossing out there to replace him, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze instantly yeah. got thrown into the mix. Yeah. The head coach for Coastal Carolina. Uh, look it up. It's like Jamie something. Jamie Chad Chadwick? Jamie Chadwell? Chad Jamie? Jamie Chad. Jamie Chadwell. Jamie Chadwell. Um, He's being thrown in the mix, obviously coaching there in the state of uh, South Carolina. Actually, I don't know if Coastal Carolina is in South Carolina or North Carolina, but whatever. It's the Carolinas. Um, So that should be interesting to see who they hire because there is an advantage in being the first team to fire your head coach because now you get to jump on the coaching search earlier than the other teams. Yeah, no kidding. I saw... You know, again, with my school, it was late in the process. And you see what a detriment that is. The earlier you can fire your coach in college football, yeah. the better it is for your program. If you're planning to do it, the best way, to, the best thing to do is rip the Band-Aid off and just move on. And I think that that's probably a good move for, uh, for yeah. what's going on. And Mike Bobo, the, the offensive coordinator, he's going to be the interim head coach. Good. Don't rule him out of that either because uh, he was a head coach at Colorado State. Obviously, didn't work out there. But let's say they go on a run here and score some points. You know, he can end up coach owing his way in, basically, and just, you know, get, getting the guys fired up, being the interim coach and winning that job. Uh, um, Coastal Carolina, by the way, in South Carolina. Okay, it is Conway, in South Carolina. South Carolina. Conway. Okay, interesting. Put your hands together for Conway Twitty. Were there any other games? <laughs> Conway Twitty. Were there any other games that uh, you wanted to bring up before we move on, Tyler? I think you hit them all, Will. Okay, then we are going to move on to our middle-ish season awards middle of season awards let's get to it we are in the middle ish of the college football season kind of it's week 12 but we don't really know how many weeks there's gonna be might be a little bit past the middle whatever is this good award music or is this more star wars no i think this works for an award okay. music it's a little star warsy but i like star wars um well, let's get to it so how are we gonna do we're gonna do we got a heisman award we got a coach of the year we got surprise team dumpster fire and then we got some homemade awards tyler you tell me where to start i'm good i got all my awards right here all right give me your uh mid-season middle middle-ish season heisman middle-ish of the season heisman award goes to zach wilson oh BYU. 75 percent completion percentage again he's completing three out of every four throws he makes and folks they've played a lot of games this year they are eight and oh it's not like this is a two-game sample size he has looked so good 22 touchdowns Two interceptions, single-handedly the reason why BYU is in the top 10 this year. Zach Wilson, my middle-ish of the season Heisman Award. Okay, I'm going to one-up you there. Uh I like Zach Uh Wilson, but it's Kyle Trask. Okay, we talked about him. He doesn't have 75% completion, but he does have 71% completion. He's got 2,100 yards, 28 touchdowns, only three interceptions. All of last year, he only threw 25 touchdowns. He's surpassed that now in only, they're what, six and one, seven games? Um, the next closest in the college football in touchdowns is at 23, and he's already at 28. He's, it's kind of reminding me a little bit of Joe Burrow's year last year where like the numbers were just outrageous. He's surpassing everyone. I'm not saying he's not quite on that level yet, but it does remind me of that. Um, end of the year, I think we could be looking at something different, maybe Justin Fields 
Um, crazy stat, by the way. He's only he only has eleven incompletions on the year, <laughs> and that's and he also has eleven touchdowns, and that that's through so crazy. three games. Yeah, three games though. That that's the thing. You got to let these numbers breathe. Definitely. Kyle Trask played a lot of games. Yeah, uh, man. Kyle, uh, Zach Wilson played a lot of games for sure. All right, uh, my middle-ish season coach of the year goes to Tom Allen, Indiana. They are undefeated. They are I, ranked Tom the Toolman. Ta- Love him, Tom the Toolman <laughs> Allen. He's uh he's they're ranked number nine in the country. Uh, I don't think Indiana has ever felt this good about their football program. Uh, he's done a great job there, just building up what was a really a, a program that was really struggling before he got there. Now they're number nine. They got a top ten matchup against Ohio State, and after that game, I'm not sure he can win that award. So we're gonna give it to him right now, Tyler. My middle of the season coach of the year goes to, and I've got to say it with the accent just once. Okay. Brian Kelly. Look at the Irish. <laughs> nice. He's done so well. Yeah, man. you're right. Notre Dame exceeding expectations. Big win against Clemson. Doesn't matter who the quarterback was. Notre Dame got the job done. They've had a few close calls, but they have positioned themselves for a playoff run. Brian Kelly proving, in my opinion, uh, well, and, and proving, I think, this year, I think he's a top five coach in, in college football. I know that... He's had a couple down years. He hasn't, you know, knocked it out of the park every single time with Notre Dame. But honestly, go back just up until the last days of the Lou Holtz era, right? Yep. I mean, Notre Dame has been an average team, you know? And so I think it takes a lot for Brian Kelly to recruit there. They have heavy, heavy academic restrictions about the players they bring in. And they are legitimately, again, positioning themselves for a playoff run this year. So Brian Kelly, very good coach. And I'm glad that everyone's noticing this year how well he's doing. Nice pick. Okay, my surprise team uh, for 2020 is the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Jamie Chadwell... He might find himself coaching at a Power 5 team very soon with the job he's done there. Uh, th- this team has only been in the FBS since 2017. And yeah. three years later, you know they're ranked in the top 25. Uh, their game against the Liberty is probably going to decide who wins the Sun Belt. He's doing a great job. That team is super tough and very fun to watch. All right. Um, my team, my uh, I have a good and bad here okay. for my middle of season uh, team of the year. I see. Uh, or surprise team. Okay. So that's the key here. It's the surprise. Uh, first, in New Coastal Carolina, so nice pick there. I like them. But Marshall. Marshall mm, is actually tied with Coastal Carolina. I can't remember, remember the last 15, time. both 15, right? Yeah, I've seen a team tied in the AP Top 25. Yeah. Both 15th, both 7-0. We are Marshall. We talked about that last week on the show. Hey, you know, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and so Marshall uh, is my good surprise team of the year. And my bad surprise team of the year I'm not going necessarily where you may think I'm going. I'm going Penn State. Okay. Because uh, Penn State, high expectations. Uh, James Franklin, you know, we they didn't. no one expected them to drop off this much. And so I am surprised at how bad Penn State is. My surprise bad team of the year. Well, that's my dumpster fire team, which I'm gonna, is what we're doing next. Uh, Penn State. And you had a lot of options here. Penn State, Michigan, <laughs> yeah. Mississippi State, Kansas. Yes. Uh, but the reason why it's Penn State for me is because they were number seven in the preseason rankings. And people were legitimately saying, okay, this is this is a top 10 team. If they beat Ohio State, they could win the Big Ten here. Um, I do think Frames Janklin is putting himself on the hot seat. Um, and it, I said it before, Penn State being only 0-4 is the only thing uh, as a Michigan fan that can make me feel good right now. All right. Uh, my dumpster fire of the year, they didn't fall from grace like yours did, but it's going to be Michigan. Now, I know Michigan, what, they didn't start uh, 16th or so, 15th, 16th, start of yeah, the year? Yeah, it was like 17, 18, something like that. But again, Jimmy Harbaugh blowing it, some big-time losses, yep. and I don't think they're anywhere ready to uh, compete with Ohio State. So I actually have a two for I made okay. uh, two awards. Okay. I'm giving out uh, two. So Dumps Fire, definitely Michigan. And the other one, it pains me to say, uh, we got to go uh, Mississippi State. It's because yep. my expectations were so high they for my pretty bleach. Bad. And after the first week, remember, I took them uh, plus <laughs> 17 blew out LSU. against LSU. They're yeah. winning. I'm, I'm thinking it's all going to be uphill or all going to be downhill from here. Mike Leach, he's got this team playing well, and they just haven't looked good since. I'm worried he's not going to last. Like I'm worried know, they're going to say, that was a fun experiment. On to the next coach, but... They have looked so bad this year. Really bad. Yeah. If I had, if my two trophies were different sizes, Mississippi State would get the bigger of the trophy. They'd get like a uh, like instead of the dumpster that's just out back, it's like one of those big long dumpsters that you see <laughs> exactly. it, like when they're doing construction. So, yeah, on a house. it's like a commercial size dumpster. Yeah. Fire. Okay. All right. And then now we're gonna do some made up awards. I got two here. I got two as well. Okay. My first award is the the Stealth B two Bomber Award. This is to the team that is flying under the radar right now. Don't count them out. 
and that is the Texas A&M Aggies. Okay. Reason Did- being, they only have one loss. It's to Alabama, and because of that, they now, unless Alabama were to lose two games remaining in the SEC West, Texas A&M won't have to play in the uh, oh. SEC championship game. If Texas A&M wins out and their only loss is to a one-seed Alabama team, and then we see, let's say, for instance, uh, Notre Dame beats Clemson again in the rematch, and Ohio State wins the Big Ten, I think you could really see Texas A&M sneak in and get that fourth spot in the playoff. Wow. All it would take is a loss from Cincinnati or BYU, some uh, struggles in the Big 12 and Pac-12, which we've already seen in the Big 12. And uh, so don't count them out. They are the B2 bomber team. Uh, I do have a quick question here. Yeah. Do B2 bombers fly under the radar or do they fly over the radar? Well, actually, they fly right through it. Uh, uh, I, I mean, uh. I think sometimes they do fly low, but they're like uh, they're the stealth bomber, so it's like all in their shape. They like deflect radar or something. I don't know. I'm certainly uh, not a, uh, a an aerospace engineer, <laughs> but I think they go right through the radar. Right, right on through it. Right on through it. Okay. The stealth bomber, one of the right. cooler. That's uh, also, side note, why I love the Rose Bowl, because lots of big games get flyovers, but theirs is always the B2 stealth bomber flyover. I never even notice them. They're so oh, stealth. <laughs> Damn you, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Uh, my award is the Annoying Little League Parent Award. Ooh. And it goes to, of course, Dan Mullen. Ah. Because Dan Mullen, everyone out there knows whether you played Little League, you, you had your kids play Little League. Little League always has the one parent where all the other parents kind of roll their eyes mm-hmm. at. Nah, here's here's Dan again. You call that a strike? Yes. Here's Dan again making a scene. Dan Mullen is that parent. Everyone out there knows he can't control himself, can't contain himself. He's jumping into stance. He's starting fights with other players. Dan Mullen, well, the opposing players. Uh, Dan Mullen gets my annoying Little League parent award okay counterpoint yes he did dress up like darth vader for halloween at his press conference which i thought was awesome and if he was a parent on your little league team all the players get to kiss his wife so (laughs) i'm not sure that this is such a bad thing you know his wife is out there french kissing everyone on the team so uh you know just looking for the positives and if there's if there's also a uh this is a an award i just came up with yeah an award a He's got to be paying his players something award. It would go to Dan Mullen. And it's uh, it's alone time with his <laughs> wife, allegedly. Um, my last award here is the What the Fuck Are You Doing Award. Oh. Um, it's really more about a headline that I saw this week that I uh, was like, it literally just made me go, What the fuck out loud. And the headline read uh, PJ Fleck, who's the head coach of Minnesota, PJ Fleck explains why he took a team meeting to read. Everyone poops to his guys. Now, if you don't know what everyone poops is, it's a children's book that they give to kids that are like constipated or whatever or nervous about yeah, pooping. Afraid. Yeah, and it's just like horses poop and giraffes poop. And I just finished last week. It's very good. It's, yeah, it's a fantastic book. Um, you probably just read the Cliff Notes, but uh, no, it t- took me a while though. I had to go chapter by chapter. It's just like what the fuck? Like I get like coaches do these stupid motivational things, and he explained why. It's that like uh, you know poop makes soil good and we get our good fruits and vegetables from it and it's just like okay man like you could have just played the song from south park that explains that all by mr hankey it's it's just so weird and it and it made me like when i saw the headline i was just like that's some shit that i never thought i'd read yeah. and like i wonder i wonder off the top of my head like uh what college football headline would shock you the absolute most um like anything yeah i mean I don't want to be too insensitive here. Do it. Be insensitive. Uh, Michigan beats Ohio State. Is that what you're going to say? No, not at all. <laughs> I was going to go like, uh, I, this may not be good for 2020. Maybe I should hold it back a little bit. Okay. Um, but all right. I mean, how about this? How about this? Uh, any headline, what would I be the most shocked in? Nick Saban's sex tape leaks on Twitter. If you saw that headline, you would probably like pass out, right? A yeah. leaked Nick Saban yeah. sex tape. I don't think I'd want to watch it either. Yeah, but you would. Let's, <laughs> let's just be. I'm not saying I want to either, but uh, you know, curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. I think I'm for sure watching that. Unfortunately, boy, that was. I don't know what the most shocking headline would ever be. It'd have to be something crazy. Some well. Uh, Turns P- out Dabo like reading everybody poops is turns pretty good. Turns out uh, Dabo Sweeney is a crab people, a crab a person. A crab person. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not sure that would shock me that Grab much. people. <laughs> uh, you have one more award, right? I do have one more, and it is out there. We uh, okay. searched. Uh, we went back and dusted off the old bookshelf. I tried to find some old uh, trophies that haven't been given away in a while, and this one is, I think, first time ever given away on the show. The Wayne Johnson Award. Now, for those don't, who don't know, Wayne Johnson is the lead singer of a band called The Manhattan Transfer, and he looks exactly like Nick Saban. Like, imagine Nick Saban. Again, now for those who are, are trying to look this up as we go on Google, you can just look Wayne Johnson, The Manhattan Transfer. And uh, it's what Nick Saban would look like if he grew his hair out about shoulder length and got a guitar in his hands and just shredded. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at him. Yeah, he looks oh. just like Nick If you're Saban. listening, you have to Google right now Wayne Johnson, <laughs> Manhattan Transfer, and do the image search. It literally looks like like Nick Saban joined a Southern Doesn't blues it? band. <laughs> the, <laughs> isn't that are we great? sure that isn't Nick Saban? That's what I thought at first. I'm like, dude, that is Nick Saban's twin brother. And how can we not give an award out for that? Oh, so, my gosh. This year's Wayne Johnson Award. Nick Saban. Wow. Nick Saban. He looks good with long hair. That's yes, all does. I'm going to say. He can <laughs> he pull does. it off. Um, all right. We are going to move on. So we, this is when we would normally do Smitty's outdated movie review, but mm-hmm. he's somewhere in a uh, unmarked prison cell with a bag over his head. And so instead, we're going to do a little trivia, some impromptu trivia. Yes. Uh, and then I'm going to give my little short impromptu movie review You're going to well. give an impromptu movie review. Is it outdated, though? It's a little outdated. Okay. So I watched the movie Drive. Uh, last week mm. uh, it's got ryan gosling i think this movie came out like 2015 ish okay um and i had seen the, i remember when the previews came out like you know all you could really tell from it is that, like he's like a wheel man and he like is gonna do some some criminal behavior but he's a really awesome driver and so i was like oh there's gonna be some sweet chase scenes and uh are you doing your movie right now yeah okay oh, we're just going into yeah like i'm just it. going in have you seen the sequel drive two there's a sequel no, no it's called park Oh my goodness! No, it's not. That that's the prequel. Um, that uh, I all I'm gonna say is that this movie, I had high expectations. I had heard from people that this was like a really good movie, and I was pretty disappointed by it because it was so weird. It must have just been like whatever the director his vibe is. There's all these really like hard to watch, cringy, uh, silent. Like there's these scenes where like. He has this crush on his neighbor and they clearly like uh, have a crush on each other or they're in love with each other or whatever, but they'll like be hanging out and not speak like for really long. Is there no dialogue in the movie? No, there is, but not a lot. Like, like that's what I'm saying is there's these scenes where like there's very little dialogue and it's really weird. And uh, some like it, I, I almost wonder if this director maybe um, is like a, like a foreign film guy where he's like made a lot of popular foreign films. It didn't feel like it's called drive and he's a driver, but there was like two cool car chase scenes the whole time. That's it. Ryan Gosling is like doing crazy shit. Like there's this elevator scene where he's in the elevator with this girl who he's protecting, who's his neighbor and he's in love with her. And there's like bad people out to get them. Right. And this guy that is in the elevator with them, he notices has like a gun inside his jacket. So he knows like, okay, this is a bad guy. He's here to kill me and kill this girl. And so what does he do? He turns around and makes out with this chick for like 15 seconds and then turns around and like fights the guy, gets the gun out of his hand, and then he gets him on the ground and he literally like starts mushing his face with his boot until it like turns to soup. He just like stomps on his face over and over and over again until this guy's face is like literally like a pizza that's fallen on the ground. And uh, yeah, it was just like, it was weird. If Tom Cruise would have done that, you would have hated the movie. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i i'm not i really didn't like the movie very much you're right if it was tom cruise i probably would have disliked it more <laughs> but uh it was just weird because i feel like you can make really good action crime movies and this one just felt like off to me and uh i think i you know those are my favorite kinds of movies scorsese movies you know uh, these criminal movies and i think they did a really poor job of executing some of it very weird uh would not recommend if i'm going zero to a hundred scale i'd give it like a like a 42 be pretty bad if you didn't like that you're gonna love park park it's it's almost too much dialogue a lot of Mm. lot of car chase scenes yeah the plot makes sense i like that i'd I'd Mm -hmm. take more dialogue over whatever drive was. did we talk about this last week on the show that my parallel parking is second to none 
It was. I don't think it was last week, but it was one of these. One I, of these however, I do beliefs. think it is second to one. I think it's second to mine. I think I have awesome have. parallel because <laughs> you have like a like a garage. Yeah, I actually have to parallel park all the time for where I live. So you get practice. So I'm. Yeah, exactly. Like we got some rust but versus how, rust. But going how did you on do here. in geometry? Um. I don't remember, which means not good. Okay. Um, that that's that's what it's all I about. I mean, I remember what a rhombus is, a triangle, <laughs> isosceles, a rhombus. Uh, that was a good acute good versus right uh, acute versus what will obtuse. is obtuse. Oh, okay, obtuse. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I'm a better parallel parker than you. Well, and we're going to we settle this challenge. Soon. It yes, we will. How do we judge that? We get the same parallel spot. Well, I don't know. We maybe want to use cones just in case anything mm. bad happens. I bet I can get in. In two, you know, a quick two-point perfect. Well, is that what it's about? Is it speed? It's not only speed, it's efficiency. So if, you, if it huh. takes you five times going back and forth, then that's not good. But if I can go right in, you know, and... Yeah, that's and, pretty good. Because I do have to often adjust once you I'm probably in there. Park, uh, you probably park... You probably go forward. I like, do go in like forward. Seinfeld like Seinfeld style when you're doing <laughs> do. a bank job. I do. Well, you you back in like some animal? <laughs> that's how you're supposed to do it, you psychopath. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, that's, that's it for impromptu movie review. So now we're going to do a little bit of trivia, and this is a shout-out to Alex Trebek. Rest in peace. Uh, he passed away last week. Uh, I've said, I've told him that on the show before, uh, it's, it is a real-life goal of mine to go on Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy, and I was a huge fan of his, and very sad to have his passing. And so uh, big shout-out to all the Jeopardy gang out there, to his family, of well, course. To shout-out to him, you've got to answer every question as if it were a question. Okay, right. I got this, yep. So, uh, a, and by the way, I'm getting these from the Geeks Who Drinks 100 Bar Trivia Questions You Should Know. And this is a, uh, for those who don't know, Geeks Who Drink is like a, a national yeah. uh, company and they go around and do trivia at, at bars bars or breweries or restaurants, things like that. So, uh, Have you ever done one of those? It's awesome. I, I, I used to do them all the time Super fun. when I lived in Greeley. I like the themed ones. Yeah. You know, the Seinfeld or office yep. themes because I, I usually have a chance with those. The ones that are all over the place. I can do okay, but you know when they're asking you about 15th century Roman architecture, huh. and then the next question I've is gotcha. like the last year's Super Bowl champ. I'm yeah. like, okay, this I love is it. so all over the place. I love the scatter plot. Yeah. So uh, today we're going theme. It is sports themed. Oh, all right. So uh, I, I've, I've, go. I've got four questions for you. Okay. A bird named Poe is the mascot for what NFL team? Named Poe. Yes, a bird named Poe. Um, and I could maybe give you. How do you a bit spell Poe? P O E. Oh, it's Baltimore yes, because it of is. Edgar Allan Poe. Absolutely. Quote the Raven. Correct. Quote Will the Raven. is one and O. All right. Uh, number two. The Phoenix Suns mascot Go is what kind of animal? Go. Um, I feel like I can picture him. Is he a gorilla? Uh, yes. Or like and, an ape? Did you ask that in the question form? I did. I said, "Is he a gorilla?" You actually did. Yeah, <laughs> you did. And that, that is correct. He is I didn't a gorilla. Do it in Jeopardy form, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number three. You're two for two. The sons of Ben support the Major League Soccer franchise in which city? The sons of Ben support the Major League Soccer franchise in which city? Hmm. Oh, okay. What is Philadelphia? We are Benjamin, correct. Benjamin Franklin. That's hey, got to be it, right? That is it. So he yes. didn't know this. I'm Benjamin just guessing. Franklin. Oh, of course. Yeah. For those who uh, who don't know, I, there's no way I would let Will get any any edge in this. That's very no true. Chance. Yes. All right. Question number four. Can Will go four for four? And this is certainly the toughest question. Okay. The 1933 World's Fair exhibition, K. Curtis Modern Mermaids, evolved into which Olympic sport. The 1933 World's Fair exhi uh, exhibition, K. Curtis Modern Mermaids, evolved into which Olympic sport? K. Curtis, okay, Modern Mermaids. All right, what, what I want to say is, uh, um, what is it called when they... Um, like synchronized swimming, but I don't. Is that an Olympic sport? It is. What is synchronized swimming? We are four for four. Boom. Nice job, William. Right. I like that a lot. What would you have gone if, uh, if it wasn't? Yeah, if it wasn't synchronized swimming. I mean, there's not many choices after that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could the have said 400? like synchronized <laughs> diving, but that wouldn't have made any sense with the mermaid thing. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know what I would have done. Shot put. 
right, you want a bonus question? Yes. One bonus question? Yeah, right, we'll go to the great sport of golf. Oh, yeah. Here we go. To mix a John Daly, you add vodka to what non-alcoholic drink? An Arnold Palmer, Hey-o. baby. Yeah. Shout out John Daly. Nice Ripping cigs, drinking vodka. <laughs> you got to love it. Nice job, Will. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, going to be on tri- uh, or Jeopardy one day. Yes, you are. Going to do it. All right. We are moving on. All we got left now, Tyler, is best bets. Best bets. For week 12. I think we got five bets here. We lost one. We were going to do the Texas A&M Ole Miss game. I like That's Ole off Miss the board. Um, I liked Ole Miss as well. That's yeah. um, a shame. We aren't, we're not going to see it. By the way, side note, did you happen to see uh, when Ole Miss scored the go-ahead touchdown that Lane Kiffin like ran down the sideline and he threw his clipboard like 50 feet in the air? He was so excited. No. You could like in the in the frame – of the actual play, like as as it was happening, you couldn't see Lane Kiffin, but like as the pass was going downfield, you just see a clipboard just fly up into the, into the frame, and uh, it was awesome. That's great. I love, love Lane. Love Kiffin, me some man. Lane Kiffin. Yeah, dude. me too. He's awesome. Um, all right, so best bets. We're gonna start in the AAC. We got Cincinnati going on the road to Central Florida, undefeated Cincinnati. Right now, a six point road favorite. They opened up at just three, and this line has moved a ton. Uh, UCF, they are five and two, but it feels weird not having them be the best of the AAC so far. It almost feels like they're more like you know uh, three and four or something. It's like they're having an off year, but they're five and two, and they've slowly been improving uh, since they gave up that fifty burger to Memphis. Um, interesting note here, though. UCF two and five against the spread. Cincinnati five and two against the spread. The Bearcats' offense hasn't gotten enough praise because their defense has been so good. Desmond Ritter is very underrated. The quarterback, he's an efficient passer, and he's got nine rushing touchdowns to boot. Luke Fickle, uh, head coach of Cincinnati, uh, I think you know this team and Luke Fickle, they know what's at stake. They really have a legit chance at the playoff if they run the table, um, which hasn't been said in a long time for a Power 5 team. So far, they've only had one marquee game against uh, SMU where they dominated. And this game against UCF is now the biggest one on their schedule. And they know if they can just win this one and take care of business the rest of the way, they're undefeated. They might make it the, make the playoff. Uh, the Bearcats' defense has been able to shut down everyone. SMU, Memphis, Houston, all those teams know how to score a ton of points. And one after one, Cincinnati's just been way more physical, better coached, uh, better coached, and you know they just flat out dominated. I expect to see more of the same here. Uh, it does worry me that the line has jumped, but I'm still going to take Cincinnati minus six here. I am reluctantly. I mean, I hate taking a line where we could have gotten three and the line's now six, but this right. says to me a couple things. You know, um, I, I think that we need to be careful looking at early public money because not that many people in the public are betting early, right? A lot of this money coming in is sharp money. So I think we yeah. can learn a lot about the money that's been bet and it's moved the lines before we record, which is. Uh, as we currently sit, it is 4.09 Pacific, 7.09 Eastern on Monday night. So there's not that much you know, money coming in from the public, but all the all the sharps, everyone who bets uh, those opening lines certainly likes Cincinnati, and that makes me like them too. I mean, you look at last year's line, I think that everyone overestimates how good UCF was last year. Um, now, look, UCF was a good football team. I'm not denying that, but last year... UCF at home hosting Cincinnati, they were only four-point favorites. You know, yep. So these two teams have been very close now for a while. I think the difference is, like you mentioned, Cincinnati's finally put that defense together, and UCF wins because they score points. Their last couple games, 38 points, 44, 51, 49. Yeah, I mean, they the know numbers. how to score points. When they get stopped, it's not like they can suddenly snap and then their defense wins in football games. UCF, at least in 2020, is a game that's going to win by outscoring their opponents and putting a lot of points on the board. I don't see that happening against uh, Cincinnati. And even though it's moved, it's right now minus six. We'll go Cincinnati minus six. Yeah, and you can find it five and a half some places too, but I like it anywhere under under that touchdown number. Yep. Um, so we're rolling with the Bearcats there. Staying in the state of Ohio, uh, we've got Indiana going on the road to Ohio State. Right now, Ohio State, a 20 and a half point uh, home favorite. The dream season for Indiana has been awesome. They're now number nine in the in the country. They're traveling to Columbus for this big top 10 matchup. But this is where the Hoosiers wake up from the dream. Uh, the Buckeyes didn't get to play last week against Maryland. Uh, Maryland had some COVID stuff. But the, uh, the game before that was against Rutgers. And while Ohio State won easily, they didn't play very well in the second half against Rutgers. And Ryan Day 
head coach of Ohio State and made some public comments about his team playing soft, losing focus. Um, he basically called them out after the game. You know, now they get an extra couple days to prep for Indiana, a top 10 matchup to add to their playoff resume. Um, Ohio State, you know, they're so much better at every position, and they have real reason to run up the score here. If you remember last year, we had a similar playoff scenario and that, you know, we kind of thought we had the three best teams and a question mark as to who would get the fourth spot. And I think we see something similar this year, and it's important because the three best teams who right now you would say Ohio State, Alabama, and then either Clemson or Notre Dame, whichever one ends up winning the ACC at this point, they're all fighting for the one seed. Ohio State doesn't want to get stuck being a two or a three seed and having to play Clemson again in the first round like it did last year. These teams want the one seed so they can end up getting, you know, the Big 12 winner or Cincinnati or BYU or Texas A&M or whoever ends up being the four seed. So style points matter. Ohio State knows that. Uh, they will have less games played than Alabama, so they got to make these wins count, and they have this top 10 opportunity. I think Ohio State puts together their best game so far this year. I think the defense plays lights out, and I think Ohio State blows Indiana out. I'm taking the Buckeyes here, minus 20 and a half. He's taking Ohio State in the points, and so am I. <laughs> oh, damn it, you had me. <laughs> I know, I know, but look, this is the game where everyone understands that college football rankings are are fun during the season and sometimes your team gets up there if you may if you manage to get a couple wins but there are some serious frauds at the top of college football right now i mean miami indiana miami yep indiana i mean i still think you know and i go as far as marshall and coastal carolina look they're good stories and we both gave them awards mid-season awards but there's marshall and coastal carolina should be nowhere close the top 20 in terms of talent like if we talk intrinsic talent how good are these teams but this is what college football is and this is why we love the sport is because your team can win a couple games get up there and if you happen to catch fire happen to pull off a couple upsets then you position yourself well but honestly indiana if you look at who they've played this season they haven't beaten anybody matter of fact they 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 squeak through and beat penn state by one point in overtime that win looks a lot worse now you know It's, it's funny how wins either age well or age very poorly that one point overtime win to Penn State looks very bad now. Yep. Then they go beat Rutgers 37-21. They beat a Michigan team 38-21. Then they beat uh, uh, Michigan State. Those four teams bad. are bad. You know, <laughs> bad I mean, there's teams. no other way to really put it. They're finally going to see what it's like to play one of the better teams in the country. And as you mentioned, I love the motivation factor for Ohio State and Ryan Day. couple extra days to prepare. And it's not like they can't stop what Indiana does. And on the other end, I think they're going to go crazy on offense. So this has all the makings for a blowout. 20 and a half points. We will take it. For sure. And we're not hating on Indiana here. I like Indiana. No, I'm hating on Indiana. Okay, he's hating (laughs) on Indiana. I'm not. Like the the Michigan fan of me would love to see Indiana pull this out. But uh, they're just not, like you said, they are a little fraudulent in their their high ranking. I don't doubt they'll end up a top 25 team, but a top 10 team. Uh, probably not. And but Ohio State's just so much better. This is really the essence of sports betting and good sports betting. It's finding where the narrative doesn't fit what's actually happening. You know, you right. get this all the time in college football where teams are undefeated and it's like, well, they're not that good, you know? And, and so, you know, it happens over and over. And that's, again, sort of the essence of betting is when can we find situations where we can go against the narrative and against the public and we're the ones on the right side I believe we are in this spot, so Ohio State, I think they roll. Okay, next up, uh, staying in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan at Rutgers, currently an 8.5-point favorite. This line opened up Michigan a 10.5-point favorite. Oh, boy. What the fuck does Vegas see in Michigan? Why do they keep coming <laughs> out with these lines? They were favored against Indiana. Uh, they were only a three-point dog to start against Wisconsin. It closed at seven. Um, look, I know recent history between these teams is bad for Rutgers, Um but they've been better in almost every way, it seems, compared to Michigan. And now they get a home game, uh, a great opportunity for a big program, uh, a big program win to show the recruits uh, that the future can be bright again for Rutgers with Greg Schiano. Um, you know, the only curveball here is that Michigan is, you know, they might end up making a quarterback change. Jim Harbaugh came out today, uh, said the quarterback competition is open. You know, last week they benched. Joe Milton, who looked terrible against Wisconsin late in the game, you know, the backup who's a redshirt freshman, Cade McNamara, he came in late and looked pretty sharp. He threw the only touchdown that Michigan managed to score. You know, he led the scoring drive. He was quick and decisive. 
Um, but even still, even if he plays, you know, this Michigan team, to me, they look defeated. They look like they don't want to compete at all. The defense is fucking terrible. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to continue. I said it before. I'm going to continue to bet against Michigan and make us come on an eight and a half point road favorite. And they, they look like complete shit. I know it's Rutgers, but that's insane to me. And Greg Schiano can look at his guys and actually motivate them for this. There's no motivation for Michigan players to be had here. You know, what speech can Jim Harbaugh give, you know, in the in the locker room? I don't like it. I'm taking Rutgers plus eight and a half for sure. Oh, well, I'm going back and forth. Uh, he wants to do forth. it. Or if I do, I think that I think that Michigan the betting public's got to be all over Rutgers, right? I mean, probably. Because um, everyone knows Michigan sucks right now. People love to root against Michigan. I think that, but I just, I don't know why. And this is the squarest thing I've ever said, which is probably why I'm not going to make it a bet board game. But I feel like Michigan just bounces back here for the reason that Jim Harbaugh is now pretty much coaching for his job. Yeah. Um, He opened up the quarterback battle, which that says to other players on the team uh, that they're not quitting. They're not going anywhere. Like, they're still going to be evaluating these players. And I don't know. Like, I just feel like that would motivate the rest of the team. Like, look, the quarterback battle's still open. We got to fight for our jobs. And you're right. If Michigan comes out flat and that was kind of part of your handicap, you know, not a lot left to play for and, and all that stuff, then, then I, I do like Rutgers. But if they don't, I mean, this is clearly a better football team than Rutgers, right? I don't know. Is it? I mean, it should be. If just yeah. if you look at the talent on, on, you know, on paper with recruits and everything, they definitely should. But but it's it's eight and a half points on the road. Well, and I'm looking at it now, you know, on pregame, and obviously this number is fluid. But now it's nine and a half for Michigan. Right, right. Um, sixty percent of the money uh, is on Michigan, but sixty percent of the tickets are on Rutgers. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I do think that if Cade McNamara plays, the offense probably looks a little better. And I think Michigan Cade can. McNamara, I think I love that name. That Michigan can win this game, but to to spot the home team. Eight and a half, nine, nine and a half points. I just don't see it. I'm gonna pass, but okay. I, 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 I'm leaning towards Michigan there, man. Chicken, chicken. <laughs> um, okay, next up, also in the Big Ten, we got the Wisconsin Badgers going on the road. Scotty to Northwestern. Wisconsin a seven point favorite. That's Scani. still seven right now. I'll check it for you. Check that for me if you would. It is seven. Still seven. Okay. Uh, a little juice towards Wisconsin. Just a little juice. A little th- juicy juice. A little juice. This is the game I'm least happy about having to bet, but maybe the most <laughs> excited about how it plays out. Uh, and I'm liking Northwestern here. Wisconsin, they look awesome, uh, but they've only played two games. And guess what? It's against some bad teams, Illinois and Michigan. Um, Northwestern, on the other hand, they're four and zero, and they have a defense that is playing out of their mind so far, and against some pretty decent offenses. Maryland has scored forty five and thirty five their last two weeks, but they were held to three just three points against the Wildcats. Uh, Iowa, once again, they were held to a low number. They've been able to score. Uh, Northwestern started the first three games without giving up a single point in the second half of their games. Now Purdue did put a stop to that last week. They scored ten second half points. But Northwestern still got the win. Uh, Wisconsin, they've historically hated traveling to Evanston to play. You know, they, they've won just one of their six trips down the coast of Lake Michigan there. 2016 was the only road win since 1999 that, that Wisconsin has had at Northwestern. Uh, that's just a real mind fuck for the Badgers players and coaches, I think. I think that's a real mental hurdle. Um, Northwestern, they were really bad last year, they went three and nine. But typically, after a losing season under Pat Fitzgerald, they have you know big bounce back seasons. Peyton Ramsey, he's a transfer quarterback from Indiana. He's played really well. He might be the best quarterback they've had in a long time. I think Pat Fitzgerald might be the most underrated coach in college football. I think the Wildcats find a way to keep it close, and this game looks like an old fashioned Big Ten game. I'm taking Northwestern plus seven. We've got a bet board yeah. game. I'm going to go Wisconsin minus the seven points on the road, and will. You're you're not listening to me. When I gave you that trend, what was it a month or so ago? That teams who have more games do not just worse against the spread. It is like substantially worse. It's it's laughable. It's the biggest trend I've ever seen doing this for for a job. And guess uh-huh. what? The first time happened when I bet it, you it lost. lost. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to the next keep, time it won though. It did. So it, it's it's one and one this year. But I'm not going to keep fading that trend. As a matter of fact, when it goes like all the way back to the year 2000. 
and it's over and over and over. I think that's the case. Now, we have to think about a couple things. Does Wisconsin fit the bill for a team who can score points? And does Northwestern fit the bill for what we've seen so far this season? First question, Wisconsin scoring points? I think absolutely. I think this is an underrated offense. They can throw the ball now. They're healthy. Everybody's back. I like Wisconsin's offense. And defensively, look, Northwestern kind of falls into that category we were talking about uh, a a few games ago where the schedule's not very good. I mean, I understand beating Maryland 43-3. That is impressive. That you can't really ignore with. But Iowa has proven to not be Iowa this year. This is a bad Iowa team. Northwestern gets out of Iowa with a 21-20 win. Northwestern beats Nebraska the following week, 21-13. And that's a game where Taylor Martinez did everything he could in his power to give Northwestern a huge win. Turnovers in, in, the, in, the, in his own red zone, right? In his own, I, think it's, I guess it's called the blue zone, but uh, inside of his own 20. He had a couple turnovers. I mean... They were horrible on special teams. They did everything in in Nebraska that game. They did everything they could to give that game away to Northwestern, and Northwestern managed to score a late touchdown to make it an eight-point game. I mean, I was not impressed at all. That's, as a matter of fact, why I took Nebraska the following week. And then last week, they go on the road, finally give up those second-half points to a very tough Purdue team, and they get away with a seven-point win. So I'm not impressed at all from what I've seen Northwestern this year. I think they get exposed this game, and I think Wisconsin has a chance to blow uh, Northwestern out on the road. So for those reasons, we will go, no, uh, Wisconsin. I always do that. (laughs) I did that on the CU show. I always pick Stanford. Um, We're going to go Wisconsin. We're taking Wisconsin. We're taking Wisconsin, minus the seven. And uh, I let's think go. The, I think the Badgers are just scared. I don't think they like playing in Evanston. They're freaked out. They're scared. All, um, right. All right, we'll see. Well, we got a bet board game. I love it. Last yes. but not least, we've got Bedlam, baby. Oklahoma State going on the road at Oklahoma. Currently a seven-point dog. The Cowboys are Oklahoma seven-point home favorite. This line opened nine and a half, by the way, for Oklahoma Woo. Sooners. I told you they were my B two bomber team, or they were sorry, they were. In contention, I didn't say that. It was Texas A&M, but they were in contention though. Nice to know. That's because they're flying under the radar since they're, since they're one and two start, and the defense has really picked up since the Texas game. Oklahoma State's defense, sorry, Oklahoma State's defense has been the main reason why they're tied for first in the Big Twelve with Iowa State, but their offense is suspect. Um, you, you also look at the Sooners here; they're not out of it. They need some help, but if they beat Oklahoma State here and Kansas State loses to Iowa State. They can sneak into the Big 12 championship game. They can restore order to the conference. Um, you know, with how the Oklahoma defense has responded after the two losses, you know, combined with the uncharacteristic lackluster output on offense from Oklahoma State, I just can't trust the Pokes here, um, even though they're catching seven. Uh, recent history is on my side, too. The Sooners have won five straight over Oklahoma State. Just one of those games was a single-digit loss. Uh, a lot of a lot of blowouts here for the Sooners. Lincoln Riley, I think, just puts his nuts on the table and reminds everyone who runs the show in the state of Oklahoma. I'm taking the Sooners minus seven. I'm not going to fade you this game. And we talked about it before we recorded. You were trying to bait me into it. Yep. You were calling me scared. You're a big I- poke fan. <laughs> I know, but this proves oh, this right here. This is your here, team, Tyler. I know, but this proves that I bet numbers. I don't bet teams. And when this thing showed up, nine and a half, when you sent the outline, and it was Oklahoma minus nine and a half. I was thinking, great. I'll let it go up to 10. I'll take Oklahoma State plus 10 points. I love that number, but it's fallen all the way to seven. I can't believe what this number's done. And that scares me. I'm not taking that, you know? So I'm going to lean Oklahoma here. I don't love this game by any means. I think it's probably a pretty accurate line right now, but Oklahoma State clearly, I feel better at nine and a half or 10 points than I would seven. And uh, this number has dwindled all the way down to where I am no longer on my pseudo Pac-12 team or a big 12 team this year. Uh, For those who don't know, uh, the very first episode of the year, we all picked our teams in other conferences, you know, just so we have other teams to cheer for. Yep. And I picked Oklahoma State in the, uh, in the big 12, but Unfortunately, Will, it's fallen enough to where seven scared me off. I'm going Oklahoma. That was leaning a, Oklahoma. That was a fast line movement, and it's weird because I'm looking right now on pregame.com. There's some good information there if you guys ever, you know, if you're curious as to where the money is. You know, 88% of the money is on Oklahoma, and so you wouldn't expect the number to drop, right? You would have expected it to go up to 10, like you said, but instead it went from 9.5 to 7, and that does worry me about is there some kind of news that the guys in Vegas know about that we don't know yet. Maybe, um, you know, Spencer Rattler is dealing with an injury. I know he had kind of like a like a hip issue a couple weeks ago, but he is playing. 
And that kind of worries me. You got 60, 67% of the tickets on Oklahoma, 88% of the money, and yet the line went down. That is a little concerning. Am I right? No, absolutely. I mean, there, there's a couple things that could have happened. So this line hasn't gotten to all the sports books yet, right? It opened up nine and a half at just a few books. So either one of two things happened. What you, exactly what you just said, to where there's some kind of information that we don't know yet that's out there floating around, whether it's inside information or whatever, that you know a big-time player's out, going to be hurt, there's going to be a change. Right. That's one of the options. That could be something that we're going to learn soon in the next couple of days, whether right. it's COVID or an injury, whatever. The other option, and I think actually the more likely option, because we live in such a... It's a day and age to where inside information really doesn't exist anymore. I mean, everything that's out there is usually on Twitter within 15 seconds because the world of reporting right. has gotten so uh, so cutthroat yeah. and so competitive that all these reporters, once they get any piece of information, they break they're it. tweeting it and they're breaking it. So I think it's less likely that happened, and I actually think it's more likely that one of these opening books or several of the opening books got action from someone who they have profiled to be a very big better mm. or a very winning better. So they can get 80%, 90% of money on one side, but if the correct better or sequence of betters make a bet on the other side, they know they're right. on the wrong side. Or like so, one really large, sizable bet, perhaps. Exactly, exactly. So, so I think that's probably more more the case is either someone they respect or the amount of... Uh, it's probably someone they, they respect who usually bets a lot of money because the limits don't go up to later in the week anyway. I see. Uh, you know, they, they, that's how they cap things is early betting limits during the week. Um, but that, that's probably what I think happened is someone who they're terrified of made a bet on Oklahoma State and they said, we don't care how much money's on it, we're going to move this line. So. Okay, fair enough. Well, I still like the Sooners minus seven here. Tyler, once again, too leaning, scared. Leaning towards them. Too scared to pick. going over there. <laughs> he bets the numbers, not the team. Ooh, I'm a professional better. I use logic with my bets. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, and then we got we got to pick your cancellation game pick. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. And I'm going to give you mine. Okay. This is the, once again, we're going to start now picking... It, we record these on Monday nights, and we are going to pick a game that we think by the end of the week will be canceled, okay. not because we're rooting for it, but because we're just trying to have some well, fun And so with far, it. since we're all 0-3, this is a good thing for the team. Exactly, yeah. yes. Maybe we're, we're hexing them into playing. <laughs> I'm going to go with Virginia Tech versus Pittsburgh. It okay. seems like so far, you know, I don't have any stats to back this up, uh, but it seems like the ACC has just fared the best from a cancellation standpoint. They haven't had a ton. I think they're overdue for some canceled games, so I'm going to guess that the Hokies versus the Pitt Panthers uh, is taken off the board. All right, I like it. I'm going to go Arizona at Washington off the board. There's Ooh, been a lot, of cancella- in the yep, a lot of cancellations in the Pac-12 so far. And uh, as we were talking about earlier, Arizona State, it's going through that team quickly. So I think that maybe in Arizona it's spiking a little bit, maybe a chance for Arizona to get it. Even though they're traveling this week, it's an extra hurdle. Arizona at Washington is my uh, COVID prediction of the week. This COVID feels pick. so weird it to does do. feel wrong it feels so it feels like wrong. we're doing feels, something wrong <laughs> it does but you know what we're just trying to have some fun we're, we don't hate your teams we want to see these games played of course but come on let us just have some fun while, have every, a little while fun. the whole world is burning during a pandemic you know it's going to be good so uh that's all we got for the show this week guys make sure that you follow us on twitter at cfb weekly uh subscribe to the podcast if you're not subscribing already on any podcast player that you want Uh, We're on all the podcast players. You can set notifications on Spotify. Tell your friends if you like the show, people that are college football fans. Make sure you spread the word, and we will see you guys next week, guys. 